Well, girl, here we are. I mean, we're here with the Wahlberg. We're talking about the Zodiac. It's like, this is what this podcast was built for. I mean, Donnie Wahlberg's here. This was like highly requested because yeah. the last time we tried to do a Zodiac doc, it became about something else entirely and it yeah. wasn't about the Zodiac at all. No. <laughs> but we kind of revisit that old documentary too and yeah. I'm not having it. I I'm know. not. I know. Not doing it. <laughs> Hi, Julia Benzavalli. Hello, Patrick Hines. You guys, I'm a little sick this week. Look, if you're looking for an episode to listen with your spouse who can't stand my screaming, this might be a good episode. Right. Yeah, and they're like, oh, Zodiac, I know that case. It's a little yeah. familiar. All right, totally. all right, I see. She's not going to be screaming her head off. She probably will. I'm trying to tone it down this week, but who? I probably won't. I didn't realize how much you love Donnie Wahlberg. You're going to be screaming. I really, really, really love Donnie Wahlberg. You're going to be screaming. You guys, before we get started, we want you to know we're doing this in two parts because this is a two-part series. So right now you can get episode two of this ad-free at the $5 level on the Patreon. It's there for you right now and that's also going to be our regular episode in the regular feed next week. Right. So ad-free right now or regular feed next week. Yeah, that's exactly. it. That yeah. sounds right. Yeah. Um, you guys, if you want more Julian and me, please join us on the Patreon. Over 250 full ad-free bonus episodes to download a binge right this second. We're almost done with the Gacy doc. I got to tell you, I really like it. Not Gacy. I really like the doc. Yeah, there's uh, there's good and bad all around. I'll there, say that. I'm telling you, though, I would have been charmed by that guy. I would have been a, a Gacy victim. I know I would have been. And that's part of the bad. Except I'm not really his type for a lot of very obvious reasons. Yeah. Uh, and then we're doing Sophie next. I can't wait. The West Cork thing. I'm so oh excited. God. Oh, my God. It's also... Lorena and the Menendez murders and Lacey Peterson and Don't F with Cats and Tiger King and All Be Gone in the Dark. The Staircase and the Jinx, which I think you already said, um, Night Stalker, Heaven's Gate, The Vow, all those like five, six, seven, eight episode series. Yeah, it's all there, you guys. Also, join the Facebook group. We finally did it. We're over 40,000 members, you guys. That's right. It's the True Crime Obsessed podcast discussion group. Join us there. Julian and I are in there all the time. Meet your true crime best friends. Ah, uh, girl, I'm moving back into my apartment this week. I know. People are obsessed with your moving. It's well, I like... have moved a lot, but I moved into one place, then out of it, and then back in. It's been a lot of moving. I'm just happy to finally be home. And we're going to get you out of here real quick, I promise. Okay. You got to go home. <laughs> All right, girl, tell the people what on earth are we talking about today? We are talking about this series. It's called Very Scary People. And yeah. there, these are two episodes on the Zodiac called I Am the Zodiac. Excuse me. Excuse me. Can you say the full title of the piece? Very Scary People, I Am the Zodiac, Part 1. No! It is Very Scary People with Donnie Wahlberg. Oh, excuse me. How excuse me. How very dare you? Even though he was not at one point a member of the Funky Bunch does not mean that he deserves to be forgotten. Do you or do you not know Donnie had a featured role in the movie, what was that M. Night Shyamalan movie about the I See Dead People? Oh yes, he was in The Sixth Sense. Yeah. He's also, he was in New Kids on the Block, everybody, number of one. Um, Whoa. And he, oh, 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 On tour oh, 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 this summer, by the way, in case you want to go out and see him. Of course. I think they just recently toured with the Backstreet Boys a couple years of ago. And Tiffany and Debbie Gibson, come on. Let's go. Um, He yeah. was also like phenomenal Phenomenal in Band of Brothers. I was like, is that Donnie Wahlberg being amazing? <laughs> he was so good at it. And he's also like the star of Blue Bloods. But he's also, uh, he's married to an anti-vaxxer, Jenny McCarthy. She was in um, Scream 3, which was also my favorite movie. So I don't know. I want to lick his face. Moving on. This is the Zodiac speaking. To kill something gives me the most thrilling experience. I like killing people because it is so much fun. It is more fun than killing wild game in the forest 
because man is the most dangerous animal of all. Welcome to Very Scary People. I'm Donnie Wahlberg. At the end of the 1960s, a series of murders in Northern California in different towns using different weapons would turn out to be the work of one man. But police didn't connect the crimes until the killer did it for them. Not satisfied with just getting away with murder, he bragged to newspaper reporters and taunted investigators. What would inspire someone to conjure up such a twisted plot? Stalking innocent people and killing them for sport. His reign of terror would go on for years, and he would live in infamy, naming himself the Zodiac. So he's our host here, but he's barely around. So I thought Donnie Wahlberg was investigating. I thought Donnie oh Wahlberg was going to be on the ground we investigating need that the Zodiac. Show, HLN. I know, but that's what I thought this was. Oh God! I told you I wasn't going to scream. I'm already screaming. I, I knew it's the Donnie Wahlberg effect. I know. I, know. <laughs> I thought he was going to be investigating. He is in the beginning to set it up. He comes back halfway through. He says goodbye at the end. He yeah. can do all. Of, he, and they have him in this like fake Cecil Hotel hallway looking set this like dilapidated house yeah, but it's, it's not ridiculous. real it's like literally it was built by me and like the people from the community theater and i love the people who make the sets at the community theater yes. it looks fake as hell you can tell he's got his dunkin donuts just out of shot you know what i mean welcome to very scary people i'm donnie Wahlberg. at the end of the 1960s a series of murders in northern california in different towns using different weapons would turn out to be the work of one man his reign of terror would go on for years, and he would live in infamy, naming himself the Zodiac. They're trying to make it kind of like a Rod Serling Twilight Zone vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's like, at the end of the 1960s, a series of murders <laughs> in Northern California would turn out to be the work of one man. And it happened in the Twilight Zone. And I'm like, right, what yeah, is yeah. going on? Like, and look, I love Rod Serling. I love, I love the Twilight Zone. I think it's a cool vibe to want to do. But if you're going to do it, then like, do it for real. Yeah. My other thing here, my other note here is I have a lot of like jokes, but I'm afraid that Donnie Wahlberg is going to come and beat me up. Uh-huh. I'm from Massachusetts. He's from Massachusetts. He's the kind of like Boston bro who would have beat my ass in high school. Yes. There are like stories about the Wahlbergs doing that. Mark Wahlberg has like a lot really? of- Yeah. There's like, if you do a deep dive on like the Mark Wahlberg, like racist violence that's out yeah. in the world. Oh, great. Like it's kind of, um, they are that kind of Boston. Sorry, Bostonites, oh but they're it's the but ball. they are definitely the boys I would have like stared at in the locker room. So there, so there, so so there you have it. Donnie's here. Oh, we'll get okay. Wait, let's also, just, get... just one more thing. Very scary people. Is there a like? Is there a less scary name for a show out there? Very <laughs> scary people. You guys, they really dumb it down in this for us. They there is one yes. person who yes. every word she says, it's like she's telling the story to a room full of kindergartners, and the I resent it. Wait, I wrote her name down. She's the Diane Diamond of this thing. She talks to us like we're in kindergarten and I don't like it at all. Like she's reading a story before snack time and she's showing us the photos and the pic and the book. Oh my yeah. God. I, I'm a little bit obsessed with her. I can't think of her name off the top of my head, but we'll get there. I have it written down too. Oh, Casey yeah. Jordan. Casey Jordan. Yeah, Casey Jordan. Yes, yes. She is trying to get as much airtime as possible. Every single thing she says, every sentence she utters ends in a cliffhanger. And like she wants to be the person going into the commercial yes. and coming out of the commercial every time. And she is. Like she got yeah, it. Totally. She, she nailed it. I feel like Diane Diamond teaches a class in this somewhere. Oh, she. Oh my God, Diane Diamond. <laughs> so let's. All right, it's December. 20th 1968 we're in Benicia California it's like an hour away from San Francisco and Robert Graysmith is here I have a question yes 
they eventually correct this, but his lower third here is just cartoonist San Francisco Chronicle. Yeah, because at the time, like December yeah. 20th, 1968, that's what he was. It was so confusing to me because I was like, wait, he wrote the fucking book that the movie is based on. Right. So that famous book with the yellow cover, that's him. But he was maybe yeah. like the OG armchair detective because he was a cartoonist for the Chronicle. Totally. And then like all he these Zodiac like, letters. serious Billy Jensen vibes, for sure. For sure. And then like it ruined his marriage. Like, yeah. I mean, he got he became obsessed with this case and like we are still here talking about this case because Robert Graysmith like wouldn't let it go and yeah, he's here yeah, with yeah, us yeah. today. So this town Benicia mm-hmm. they say it's an hour from San Francisco it's a quiet community until one night near Christmas. On December 20th 1968 David Faraday came to Betty Lou Jensen's house to pick her up for their first date and they promised her parents that they would return by 11pm Betty Lou Jensen was 16 years old and David Faraday was 17 years old he was a popular young man Betty Lou Jensen was an art student who showed tremendous talent. We're told two things, that he is popular and she is an art student. Yeah. <laughs> with, a, with a big talent, though. And also a big bouffant hairstyle. They show us that picture of her with that hair for days. It's just like a perfect 1968 school photo. It's like so the How style. How do you achieve that with your hair, though? How do you achieve it? Aquanet. Hairspray. Yeah. <laughs> I was a big fan of the Aquanet when I was in middle school. I have never actually seen a can of Aquanet. It's like a Oh Buick. my God, we lived on it in my house. I would, I've told this story before. I had kind of curly hair and I just wanted that straight river Phoenix uh-huh. hair. I'd get up, take the shower, put my hair into a ponytail and Aquanet it for Jesus. Let it get hard. Uh. Then I would take the elastic out and just comb. <laughs> Comb my hair straight. Your poor hair. You just broke it. Like, that is just so... I'm not a hairspray gal, so uh um, this is lost on me. I don't know nothing. Um, So they had an 11 p.m. curfew, right? They go to a restaurant. They meet up with friends. They were going to go to a Christmas play, but instead... They were going to go to a Christmas play. I mean, I don't know why I just went, oh. Like, what was the the play? Like, 16... It was probably like the high school. I don't know. They were like teenagers. It was going to be very wholesome. But instead, they went to a makeout spot on Lake Herman Road. It's isolated. It's way out in the hills. It was like a known lover's lane kind of place, which is like great. And I love this little bit of shade, which is that like... We know that they were there at 1030. Another person drove by and saw their car. And again, after 11, another person drove by and saw their car. So they were out there for quite a while. And we don't know exactly when she planned to leave, but she wasn't going to make curfew that night. We don't know when Betty Lou was leaving, but she was not going to make curfew that night. And they're like, well, this is a really safe town. Like, no one would think twice about parking in the middle of nowhere at 11 p.m. at night. And I'm like, yeah, that's not my experience in life. Like, I don't. Well, your parents just barely survived that other (laughs) serial killer. Yeah. Yeah. So I get that this is not for you. It's like ingrained. It's like, no, 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 no. So Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Your parents survived the serial killer by minutes, girl. And I I almost got murdered on Shades of Death Road. Remember I told that story on the after party? Oh, my God. Yes. Cars. At night, dark roads. Mm-mm. I know. Mm-mm. Not doing it. Meanwhile, I was just in high school, like staring at the Wahlbergs in the locker room, hoping that they liked me. Yeah, and they were probably calling you the F word. The anti gay F word. They, pro- they were doing it. They were doing it. Sorry. They for sure Maybe were, not yeah. Donnie. I mean, he was so good in Band of Brothers. Watch it. I know. It's, he's so good we in We know it. Matt Damon was. What the hell with that story? Jesus. Matt Damon, trash. Anyway, so. 
I met him at a CVS once. He was very nice. I'm sure he was, but like, yeah. I don't get, like, is that supposed to be a wholesome story that you were using that word up until a week ago, you dick? Wait, like, that's because, not like, wholesome. Because, like, your fucking awesome daughter told you to shut the fuck up. You know what and I then, mean? And that wasn't good enough. So she, you made her do homework and, like, write, her, write a fucking manifesto? Like, you I asshole. Know. I know. Not cute. Not a cute story, Matt. That did not go the way no. you wanted it to. It, it failed spectacularly. No. Yes. What were you thinking telling that story, Matt Damon? Like, he could have not told the story. I know. Like, it's not like the reporter was like, tell me about how you just insist on using the anti-gay F word. And your daughter begged you to do it and you right. didn't listen to her until she wrote you like a presentation on it. That right. was not a question that he was asked. Also, shocking. You wouldn't think of it coming out of Matt Damon's mouth. But anyway, moving on. God damn it. So it's around 11 o'clock. They're on this lover's lane, Lake Herman Road. And suddenly a car comes and blocks them off, like parks right behind them so they can't leave the spot. I mean, that is so fucking terrifying. It's terrifying. And then like... And this figure gets out and walks around their car, firing bullets into it. Bullets shattered a window. But at some point, it appears the killer forced the victims out of the vehicle. David was shot in the head once. Let me tell you, we see this reenactment. They knew that this reenactment was going to be like out of focus and blurry. So they gave this poor actor playing Betty Lou the worst wig on earth. Well, guess what? I still noticed, HLN. (laughs) Take care of your actors. I know. I know. It's true. And we learned that David was shot in the head once. Betty Lou was shot in the back five times as she was trying to run away. And all 10 shots were fired. Um, And then, like, the fucking guy gets in the car and drives away and, like, was not seen after that. And we are told, like, this area is off the beaten path. But, like, it's not a guarantee that people wouldn't drive by, that somebody wouldn't have seen this. We had two witnesses that knew she was out past curfew. And no one hears 10 gunshots? I know. I feel like this happens all the time. All the time. We also meet Mary Ellen. Ellen O'Toole, she's a retired senior FBI profiler. She's here to just state the obvious about a lot of things. And to, su- to like suck all the fun out of any light moments as well. And just be like, yeah, this is terrible. He hated women. He wanted power. It's like, Mary, I know, Mary I know. Ellen. <laughs> I know. <laughs> We also meet Officer Pierre, and he was like the first one on the scene. He and his partner get a call about the disturbance on Lake Herman Road. They get out to the crime scene, and oh my God, these fucking crime scene photos. It's horrible. When we got there, we again found uh, the two victims. And of course, realized that this was not just a routine call. We could see the young lady had run from the car, and she was dead. He was still breathing. David was still alive when the cops get there. Betty Lou died and David was still alive. He was just hanging on, but he died by the time they get to the hospital. But before, while he's still alive, you guys, while the man while the man is still alive, they do a chalk outline of his body. I and I was like, this is a fucking Monty Python sketch. I, like, they're doing a chalk outline. He's like, um, sir, I'm, st- I'm still alive. Yeah, do you want, like, information on what he looked like before you... <laughs> no, okay. no, I just really want to make sure I get this chalk outline right. If you could actually just lay still. Did you want to get me on a stretcher? No, I I really, it's very nope. important that we get this chalk out. Like, this is a Monty Python sketch. Talk about someone's first day on the job. I know. <laughs> Officer Patrick Hines was first oh, on the scene. <laughs> That's exactly right. He's still breathing, but do I do the chalk? I'm just going to go ahead and do the, just in case, I'm going to do the chalk outline. And there, and there I am in the corner just, oh God, oh God, just rubbing my forehead. Okay. Can you get him away from the person sitting on the, can you, what is he? It's past his bedtime. It's 1130. Officer Hines, I don't. I, I don't think this is going to be the right line of work for you, girl. No, sweetheart. No, not no Officer Hines. Sweetheart, let's just... Okay, right this way. Right this way, yeah, sir. Just... Okay. 
right here. Here's your here's your chilled Chardonnay. Just off you, you go so into the darkness. Goodbye. Much. I did thank the, you. I did the chalk outline. I don't know if you're gonna need it or not. I, I would thank you for your time, but you've wasted so much of ours that please just go. Here's your Chardonnay for the road. Goodbye. <laughs> All right, I am sick, and Jillian's actually going to kill me with the laughter. All right. Oh, my God. Here's your Chardonnay for the world. Please, just please go. Please leave. Here's your Chardonnay for the world. Bye. Just... Don't, oh no, God. just leave it. Don't worry about anything. Don't try to clean up. Don't try to help. Just go. Same way you came in. Goodbye. Just leave. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I'll take the badge. Yeah. I'll take the badge. Okay. Goodbye. Don't touch anything. Just go. Oh my God. And you're like, do you want the chalk? All right. Yeah. I'll fine. I'll take yeah, the yeah. chalk. Oh, just and go. The gun. Oh, and give us the gun, yeah, please. Okay. Just who okay, gave him gun. a gun? Like, what are we? So here's, here's the evidence we have on the scene. There's yeah. gunshot residue on Betty Lou's dress. There are tire tracks. They took lots of photographs, fingerprints, I gotta the say, whole thing. too, like, we see her dress. Like, I, you know, it's preserved as, as like, evidence. Yeah. I don't know why the, her dress, like, maybe it's because of the color. It was, like, this beautiful purple color, it, like, set against all of these, I don't know, horrible images or whatever. Yeah. And it looks like a costume. Like, it looks like something you would see at a museum or something, I you know. know? I know. And so, remember, this was 1968, so the outfits were great. But the technology, yeah. not so much. <laughs> no. um, so, it's like, well. Yeah, they have like fingerprints and kill, but like, what are they gonna do with it? They you just, are like, really put gonna it kill me. I'm not gonna survive this episode. See, now you're putting me in a bad position. Now, what am I supposed to do with this no. information? I don't want to kill you, but if I if I die at the hands of your his, like your sense of humor, then it was all for a good reason. Tell Daisy I loved her. Have a Chardonnay with her every year on my birthday. We'll be fine. Okay, but it's gonna be like a crisp, dry Chardonnay. I'm not doing the buttery. <laughs> if it no, if it's you on your birthday and you're dead, yeah. all right, yeah. I'll I'll muscle through. So at first the cops are like well the police tend to focus on the inner circle usually when someone is killed especially a low risk type victim like betty lou uh, and david faraday probably the perpetrator knew them and, and was mad at them it's called a crime of passion there was one young boy who apparently had an interest in betty lou jensen and was jealous of her relationship with david there was like a young boy that was interested in Betty Lou and was jealous of the relationship with David and they looked into that kid and eventually they learned that he had an alibi and I'm like can you imagine being the kid that at one point was thought of as the Zodiac Killer? A 16 year old did not do this. I wasn't the Zodiac Killer but for like 10 minutes they thought I might be you know? Yeah. I hope that's not the most interesting thing that kid has to say. No. <laughs> and it's also important to say like they do like as far as collecting evidence goes they took photographs they picked up the spent cartridges of the gun casings or whatever and they did some fingerprinting but like you guys, it was really fucking easy to get away with murder if nobody saw you in 1969. Um, yeah, it sure was. So, the, and and to that point, the case goes cold immediately. They have no idea, right, right. no leads. They got nothing. Uh, but they the tried for 15 minutes. They can't figure it out. They go back yeah, to work. You were leading the case, and they were like, oh, "I'm tired. I don't want to do this." Oh, we're you out during, of Chardonnay. So. You during every meeting we have. Uh, Steve, are we done? You guys, I was sick for our meeting on Wednesday, <laughs> and I saw that the agenda was like nine pages. Like, what are we doing here? It's just just a comedy podcast. Like, what do we need to talk about for an hour? It was 30 minutes. <laughs> it would have been shorter if you didn't keep asking how much time we had left. Steve, is the meeting over? I don't feel good. You guys, that's not a bit. That's exactly no. how it went. Exactly how it went. We got through three years of this thing without ever having a meeting, not one time. And now we have weekly meetings, which <laughs> is it up for debate how helpful they are? Absolutely. 
Absolutely. <laughs> Were you a nightmare this week? Yes. I'm sick. <laughs> I know. So cut to July 4th, 1969. We're in Vallejo, California. The Stonewall riots happened the week before. And like oh some God. very important gay shit happened on July 4th, 1969. Mm-hmm. I won't get into it here, but I'll write like a blog post about it at some point. Okay, great. So as what we're about to tell you is happening, some very important shit in Philadelphia is also happening. Anyway. Great. So uh, Darlene Farron is 22 years old. She's a wife. Uh, this is her second marriage. She's a mother. She's a very popular waitress at a local restaurant. I was going to say, you better say that right. She was very popular at the local pancake house. Well, her husband Dean is here. And I like I've I've yeah. read and watched a lot of Zodiac stuff. I've never met Dean. So this is sort of yeah. like a big deal. Darlene or Dee as I knew her. We met through our work. I was a cook and she was a waitress at the pancake house. She was a type of person that people could fall in love with just because she was outgoing and bubbly, just friendly to people. I know it upset a lot of the other waitresses she worked with because she always made better tips. They were all jealous that she was making more tips. So on July 4th, 1969, Darlene's been out. Everyone is like downtown for the fireworks. The sky is full of fireworks and crowds and marching bands. And I went, marching bands at night? Is everyone here on drugs? Yeah, it's Vallejo in 1969. Absolutely. (laughs) And Dean, the husband, is saying he was working. I was working at my regular job. She was going to go out and buy some fireworks and we're going to meet at the house. She went out with her friend Michael just to kill some time until her husband got home from work. She's going to kill some time before her husband gets home from work. And so she meets up with her friend Michael Mugeau. Their friendship yeah. here is described as odd. And people yeah. say like they don't 100% know the nature of it. Some people say that he really liked Darlene. We knew Darlene was popular. She was super personable. Everyone liked Darlene. Yeah. But we, they make a point to tell us that like we don't know what's up with Darlene and Michael Mugeau. Well, and I think in other places there's speculation that there was some sort of sexual relationship happening there. I think they're not going that far here. Right. But also like like you said, everyone really liked Darlene. But he wants to talk to her about something. So they drive in her car to a place called Blue Rock Spring Park and they park in the parking lot. And it's like, it's another Lover's Lane area. It's exactly like Lake Herman Road. Exactly. So a car pulls up behind them as they're talking. The car sits there for a moment and then like drives away and they don't really think anything of it until a few minutes later, the fucking car comes back. It's a goddamn horror movie. A few minutes later, what appeared to be the same vehicle returned. Mike is very upset. It's the police, he thinks, because the guy is shining a huge light on him, and he walks toward the car. But instead of asking for their license, he opened fire through the window of the passenger side. He shoots them both a lot. Yeah. But again, like he kills Darlene and Michael Mugeau, the boy, is left alive. Like as he's walking away from the car, they're both alive. He thinks they're both dead. Michael Mugeau like cries out in pain and the killer comes back and shoots both of them two more times. Yeah. Oh my God. It's really, it's crazy. So they're just sitting there, right? And like this horrible, horrible condition and a few teenagers show up. And like, think of like, no one's got a fucking cell phone. It's not like you can call 911. You know what I mean? Exactly. And these teenagers are just like, what is happening? They're both still breathing. Michael can barely get out what happened. The teenagers call the cops. There's no evidence, no prints, no casings, no motive at all. Darlene dies at the hospital and Michael Mugeau like miraculously barely lives. So this is a pattern now. The woman dies, the boy lives. Yeah. And our FBI profiler lady is back and she's saying like, to me, what's so interesting is that these crime scenes are pretty clean of emotion. They're devoid of emotion. You don't see any expression of anger, like any battering to the face of the victims, like coming up to the car and yelling and screaming and then punching and slapping them. 
what's interesting to her about these crime scenes is that they're like emotionless. Like these are not crimes of passion. Right. But he does. It's like overkill at the same time. Yeah. So like there's yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah. there like is a lot of anger there because he's shooting people 10 times. But it's also not like an up close and personal strangling. Like, oh, I can't believe this. Right. Because <laughs> that's what people sound like <laughs> when they strangle people. Right. Like, we're going to get you. <laughs> so then there's this question, like, did Darlene know the killer? Because someone was stalking Darlene. And Darlene was trying to say something. When the, when she finally got to the hospital and the police were there or whatever, Darlene was, like, trying to talk, but what she was saying could not be understood. So what was she trying to tell them? And this guy would just, like, go to IHOP and watch her all day. And we hear this Here's thing. Here's my question. Is, this, is it an IHOP where they work? Because it was called the House of Pancakes before. The International House of Pancakes is what IHOP is. Now that I'm putting that together, that does I I H O P International <laughs> House of Pancakes. That's what that is. I just thought it was like a cute little local Vallejo restaurant called like House of Pancakes. I didn't realize we were dealing with the International House of Pancakes. It's I okay. Like this is <laughs> legit. We get a Rudy Tooty fresh and fruity. Absolutely. Oh my god. So this guy would like go to IHOP and watch her all day. And this is excuse me. I'm getting my soapbox out. Thank you so much. Yeah. Because the police were never able to find whoever it was, and I'm like, all they'd have to do is walk in during one of her shifts. But I guess you should have just taken the compliment, huh? Right, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, right. they couldn't, okay, so he was st- sitting, at, like, at her, at a ta- at one of her tables all day long, and the cops were like, I really don't know what we're, how we're supposed to find this guy. I don't know, what do you want us to do? It's almost five. It's almost five, okay? But it's time remember, to go. this is California in the 70s where rape is barely a crime. Like, how many I times mean, have we covered that, you know? Darlene, just smile a little bit more, okay? Just accept the compliment. Exactly. Like, oh my God. <laughs> So Michael Mougeot has lived. If, like, if you're doing the math, Michael Mougeot is the only living person who's actually seen the killer. And he's traumatized, by the way. He's like he's in terrible condition when he's being yeah. interviewed by the police. But he also has very valuable information. So they're trying to be like, "Uh, you can rest later." Like, what do you yeah. what what you see? And he is able to articulate that a white man approached the car, round face, glasses, maybe thirties, and he thinks that if he saw a photo, he might be able to identify this shooter. Here's another thing. 45 minutes after the shooting, the killer yeah. calls the cops from a phone booth in Vallejo. He reports this crime and he takes credit for the December 20th murder of Betty Lou Jensen and David Faraday. Yeah. And like to prove that he is the killer, he identifies the weapon that he used. He identified the type of weapon used as a nine millimeter. He also described Darlene's car. When the dispatcher tried to interrupt the caller to ask him a question, the man raised his voice and said, I'm the one who did it. I'm the one who did it. Yeah, and then he says, like, goodbye in this long, taunting tone. Now, here's my question. We have every fucking 911 call of, like, ever made on... Where's the recording of this one? I don't know. I don't know when they started recording 911 calls. Because yeah. now that you're saying it, I don't think we've ever heard one from the 60s. No, because in the in the movie Zodiac, the David Fincher movie, like, they obviously they do, like, their movie version of it. And I thought it was the real call. Oh, but no. I've realized in years since it, it's not. We learned that Dispatcher is a woman named Nancy Slaver. And I'm like, can you just imagine... Imagine being fucking Nancy. You're the lady that took the call from the fucking Zodiac Killer? Yeah, I tried to ask him more questions, which is like, good on you, Nancy. That's what you do. Do you think Nancy tells that story at every Christmas party or she never tells that story? Well, then she's never been at a Christmas party with us if she's ever told that Christmas party. (laughs) If she's never told that story, because we would demand it. You guys, this week on the Patreon at the $5 level, our interview with Nancy Slot. Just kidding, you guys. Everyone (laughs) gather around. Nancy's going to tell the the phone story again. Everyone's like, can you? Everyone's trying to sing Christmas cows. We're like, no, Nancy's going to talk about Zodiac. Poor Nancy's 97 years old, but we make her tell it again. And she's like, it was, it's actually really simple. He called, he described everything. I asked him a question. He yelled at me. He said, goodbye. Click. Where's the figgy pudding? Let's do this. 
So they didn't record uh, the call, right? But they could trace it. So they traced yeah. it to a phone booth at a gas station that was like right across the street from the Vallejo Police Department. Now, this is the beginning of a theme. He's going to do this again. It's taunting the police. Why was he willing to take such risks that could have resulted in an arrest made of him? Taking high risks is important to this offender, and it increases the thrill and excitement of his murders. He's taunting the police. Like, that's uh, that's one of his calling cards. Right. And so, you know, Michael Mageau is trying to give as much information as he can. But the thing is, like, he's a pretty generic-looking guy. Like, he's yeah. very easy to miss. And and it's not like Michael Mageau is doing a bad job at describing him. It's just like, I don't know, he's a white guy with glasses. Like, there were no distinctive features to him. And that's what they, like, that's what we hear a thousand times, is that, like, the one of the reasons he got away with this is because he could just easily slip into the crowd everybody looks at, like when you when you finally see the composite sketch of him he looks exactly like db cooper like i make that joke a hundred times yeah he looks like everyone every guy in the 60s like with the glasses exactly. it's like exactly that so like this murder and the december 20th murders are super similar they describe them as blitz style attacks young couples a weekend lovers lane and robert graysmith is coming in hot saying <laughs> he's choosing young couples on a weekend under the moon in a lover's lane on specific days. I would not be surprised if he had never had a real relationship with a woman. And so he's going to get people that have what he does not have. He's killing people who have what he doesn't have. He's jealous. He's he's targeting kids, like helpless kids. And he's like a jealous, lonely guy. Oh, God. So for three weeks, the investigation goes nowhere. But then Zodiac reaches out to the media. So right. three Bay Area newspapers receive virtually the same handwritten letters. It's the Vallejo Times, San Francisco Examiner, and the San Francisco Chronicle. And Gray Smith says, As a political cartoonist, I was 20 feet away when the letters came in. We're across the hall. We get it, Gray Smith. You were there. We know. We know. I know. Girl. Jake Gyllenhaal played you in the movie movie it's wonderful he does a great job (laughs) that's the best you can hope for in life that you do something notable enough that jake gyllenhaal fucking plays you in a movie right and like downey jr was paul avery mark ruffalo was dave toski chloe savigny is robert graysmith's wife like oh my god (laughs) and it's clear that these letters definitely came from the murderer there's no discussion about like who is like who would be faking this letter like it's very clear that it's him all the details were in there but there was also a cipher there was this coded message so each newspaper got a different piece of the cipher and he's demanding that the ciphers be published in each of the papers and he's threatening to go on a killing rampage over that weekend if it wasn't done and so like all of the newspapers just publish them and then they're like and the police were not thrilled about it they weren't thrilled they weren't thrilled no. uh no and so the thing is now the cops are enlisting the public which as we know could really go either way yeah but they say to us like many citizens took this as a challenge to try to solve it and they were successful donald pardon was a high school teacher in Salinas and he and his wife saw the codes in the paper and decided to start working on it. It took Donald and Betty uh, 20 hours on and off to solve the first cipher from the killer. They basically like published a fucking like brain teaser puzzle and I'm like the Steve Tipton of it all. Steve would have solved this in 45 fucking seconds. Right. Well, are the Steves today <laughs> in this are Donald Harden and his wife who solves it. They never say her name. I'm going to say her name. Her name is Betty June Valerie Harden. The thing is, this fucking guy, the man, Donald, gets all the credit. Like, where is it that I learned that it was actually the wife that solved it? And they're always like Mr. and Mrs. Donald Harden, the, the school right. teachers. I'm sure Donald is lovely. Like, I'm sure, sure. He's, it's not his no, fault that the media no, was horrible. No, I'm not. We don't know that for sure. He's probably garbage, in fact. What? He solves it. Betty June Valerie Harden. I'm going to say her name since nobody else will. Okay? They solve it in their little breakfast nook. 
The two of them. Totally. The, the Steve Tipton of it all. It's so true. The Steve Tipton of it all. Like, Steve would have just ripped the news. I'm trying to read the, for, like, the true crime of it all, and he would have ripped the newspaper out of my hands to solve the puzzle, which he would have done in 10 minutes. Right. Like, the CIA didn't do this. The FBI right. didn't do this. This no. couple did it in their breakfast nook. So, it's it basically said, like, this is super famous. Like, the, the yeah. cipher just says, I like killing people because it is so much fun. It is more fun than killing wild game in the forest because man is the most dangerous animal of all. He wants to be reborn in paradise and he's collecting slaves for the afterlife. And they're like, what the hell is this? The way this couple solved it, though, was they're like, well, this guy's obviously an egomaniac. Like, Mm -hmm. whatever he's written here, it's going to start with I. And they were totally right, which is just like such a smart thing to know. Right. And then they also think, okay, he's a murderer. So the word kill has the most common double consonant in the English language, LL. So you have like, so that leads to kill, right? You have your K, you have your I, your double L, and you're on your way to solving this thing. And they say there is a whole last section of the cipher that's never been decoded and they say that like the theory is that that's where the killer's name is but most people think that that was just thrown in there to throw people off let me tell you if you want to lose like a whole day maybe a whole weekend reddit the things that these people think are and some of it's in the gray smith book too because he deciphered like the leftover letters Oh wow! so a lot of like there's a lot of it's like it's all real real big reaches but if you ever want to see like what people think is really being said in these ciphers reddit is your your place to go oh my god it's also so funny because whenever they they cut to like news footage of the zodiac killer it's always modern shit it's like wolf blitzer and like anderson cooper that message made it clear just how close police may have come to catching the zodiac killer and as you'll see next the terror was far from over Queen Anderson Cooper, you know she's a lady paid at the five. Yes. You know she's as obsessed with the true crime cases as we are, but I'm like, I don't get it. Like, does HLN not have access to the archive of, like, old actual news footage? Yeah, all that old news footage from the time was, like, really, was the cops being like, uh, we still don't know. I don't. Yeah. Like, it wasn't, like, as colorful, right. and it didn't have its own theme music, like Wolf yeah. Blitzer or whatever. It's just like, oh, my God, we get it. Um, So now, right on cue, the halfway mark, Donnie Wahlberg's here to give us a little bit of a recap. Welcome back to Very Scary People. By the summer of 1969, two young couples have been shot on lovers' lanes. Three are dead, and one is seriously injured. Instead of retreating to the shadows, the killer is writing letters to newspapers. The police and the public have begun asking, what does Zodiac really want and what will he do to get it? I'm sure he read the script, which was yeah. a couple lines at the top, a couple lines at the end, and he had it written into his contract saying, "Look, I don't have any screen time in this. You got to get. I've got to go right and <laughs> give me the halfway mark. I want to get. I want to bring it all together and give a little uh, recap here. Okay, I'm going to do my best, Rod Serling. I'm going to pretend like it's the Twilight Zone. You get me in a dilapidated house, and if it's under a minute, I'm not doing it. Okay, I need at least a minute of time, right smack in the middle. Okay, I'm on Blue Bloods. I'm on CBS. I love my Donnie Wahlberg. I know. I love him. I love him. Tell the listeners what you texted me about what you want to do with. Donnie Wahlberg. That is not as creepy as it sounds. No, I literally was like, I want to hold Donnie Wahlberg and celebrate Christmas mornings with him while we're looking deep into each other's eyes. Yeah. And then I reminded you about Jenny McCarthy and you were like, oh shit. (laughs) But I was like, oh, but she wasn't Scream 3 and she was really good in it. Oh, fuck. So it's August 4th, 1969. And this is after the original letter and cipher that we just talked about, we get another one. And it starts, this is all very famous. And it starts, Dear Editor, 
This is the Zodiac speaking. In answer to your asking for more details about the good times I have had in Vallejo, I shall be very happy to supply even more material. What is this voiceover? Why does this sound like a guy doing like a casual Tylenol ad? Like, what is this? I know. So he named himself Zodiac. And I'm like, who gives themselves a nickname? What a loser. Gray Smith agrees with you 100. He's like, this fucking bitch named himself. He named himself. He called himself Zodiac. What exactly that meant and where the word Zodiac came from has never been described by the killer. Where did it come from? Who the fuck knows? You know, oh, well, like, we'll get there in a minute. Well, I know where it came from. We'll get there. Yeah. So again, it's like FBI Mary's at it again. You know, it's all about ego. He wants to be powerful. He's giving himself yeah. a name and this whole thing. But he's giving like more and more details with the more letters he sends. And again, not like it was a question, but everyone's like, shit, we get it. Like, you're the killer. We totally get it. And it's weird, too, because like they're questioning his intelligence because some simple words like victims, like V-I-C-T-O-M-S are misspelled. But then there's really long smarty pants words that are spelled perfectly so it's like is he either a dummy or is he like smart and pretending to be a dummy to throw us off yeah gray smith is like i've always called it is he's playing chess against the police i think the killer is matching wits he's making himself feel important this is all an act he, he knows right. how to spell christmas like he would spell yeah. christmas with two s's like get a grip right so it's September 27th, 1969. This is the Lake Berryessa attack. And this is like, this is the shit of nightmares. It's broad fucking daylight uh-huh. with Brian Hartnell and Cecilia Shepard. They're laying by the water's edge at this like beautiful lake. They're having like a picnic on again, off again. They really liked each other. I think it was one of those college things, but they like, he really liked her. She really liked him. Also, this music is horrible. As they were sitting there, Cecilia noticed a man walking through the trees in the distance. She commented to Brian about the man, and Brian assumed he was just there doing whatever and dismissed the man. It's like, it sounds like Are You Afraid of the Dark from Nickelodeon in the 90s. I'm like, what? (laughs) Donnie, stop worrying about FaceTime, okay? And get better music for this. Like this, because this murder truly is the stuff of nightmares. It's the, it's like, I fast forward it every time I watch Zodiac because these actors are so good and it's so terrible. But like, they're in this super remote area and they're sitting there and Cecilia, notices a man in the trees in the distance and she tells Brian and just to understand like there's nobody around like they're by they're at the lake there's nobody for miles and miles and miles and it's like two in the afternoon it is not a scary time of day and the thing is like I've talked about this before with people like this is what it's like for women she sees the man yes Brian's like it's two in the afternoon it's fine but she which is totally valid for Brian to think but it's also she's like uh, nope, I don't like it. I don't, and like her eye sees him in the trees like Brian yep. wouldn't have noticed. It's just what it's like being a woman in this world. Yes, no, I totally understand. And he's far away. He's like 75 feet away and still Cecilia has clocked this guy. And the, what he's doing is terrifying because he's stalking them and he knows he's been clocked, right? Yeah. And he's like, he's completely like, like he's not wearing any costuming or like she can see what he looks like. And then he steps behind a tree and puts on like an executioner's cloak and like a hood. And it's fucking, and we don't obviously have any pictures of it. We have all these drawings that are so terrifying. Yeah. So he would like be like, she would spot him. He'd go behind a tree and then reappear somewhere else. It's terrifying. Yeah. So he comes out, he's wearing this fucking executioner's outfit. It's so scary. It's like. With like a and, zodiac symbol in the middle of it. And also sunglasses. 
glasses. Like, yeah. he's just, he's a terrible person. He's also a fucking loser. Yeah. So, like, and the, this Zodiac symbol is crosshairs. That's what it is. Because we haven't described what the Zodiac symbol is. It's like yeah. a gun crosshair. And he's approaching them with his gun drawn. And there's nowhere for them to go. Yeah, he has, like, knife. Uh, he has a knife and ropes on his belt. Like, he is prepared. This, I cannot imagine what it must have been like to see this coming toward you in the middle of nowhere. He approached them with his gun drawn. Ryan started to get up, and he told him to get down, get back down, and he pointed the gun at him. He told Brian and Cecilia that he had escaped from a prison, and he needed their car keys and some money to escape to Mexico. I need your car keys. I need all the money you have. I'm going to Mexico. And Brian is like, okay, so I don't have a ton of money, but I'll give you the change that I have, and also take my car keys, like whatever yeah. you want, just yeah. go. So Zodiac doesn't take it, because of course this isn't what he wanted. He didn't right. want it. This is just a way to keep them talking, distract them a little bit, have Brian go through his pockets, and like have his eyes down, right? So he makes Cecilia tie up Brian then Zodiac hog ties them so they're lying on their stomachs and then we are told he draws a foot long knife holy shit he stabs Brian in the back six times and he turns to Cecilia of course Cecilia is like totally panicking she's rolling around trying to get away he stabs her ten times five times in the stomach five times in the back he stabs her way more than he stabs Brian like this is the theme he fucking hates women like that's it. And Brian is here today. And for some reason, we only get like 30 seconds of his interview, which I don't understand. I felt my inner, my life, my energy, this isn't dark. And I'm just it's kind of like waiting to die. Zodiac stabs Cecilia so much and stabs Brian. And then he just walks away and leaves yeah. them to die in the middle of nowhere on this like gorgeous day. So they're both alive, right? Yeah. Brian, this is unbelievable. Brian unties Cecilia with his teeth. Yeah. Once she's untied, Cecilia unties Brian. This is unbelievable. Brian gets up and realizes in like his woozy state, he's like, we're 300 yards away from the road and we're like in the middle of nowhere. Luckily, yeah. on the other side where the lake is, yeah. there's a father and son like having a nice little Sunday. Offshore, you have father and son see something on the shore and they roll like crazy and they get the two park rangers to come to them. By the time Officer David Collins rolls up, he says it's been over an hour since they were attacked. So the officer rushes over to Cecilia and Cecilia has seen the guy. He, she saw the guy without his hood on. Like she's the only person to like see his actual face. Right. Without without like a flashlight in her face because it's broad daylight. Right. So every right. like, you know, Brian, Michael Mugeau, like he was just like, I think I saw him in the middle of the night with this light in my face. So Cecilia has some info. Like so she she describes him. It cuts to this composite sketch of what she saw. It is the fucking scariest Frank Sinatra meets Chucky doll fucking yeah. face. Yeah. I almost took a screenshot of it so I could show it to you in this moment because it looks like Frank Sinatra's corpse with Chucky's face like superimposed on top of it. There's also a truly terrifying sketch of Zodiac in the executioner's outfit that oh, someone yeah. did yeah. from her description. Totally. Like that's the stuff of nightmares too. And then it cuts to Brian who has survived like in the hot. There's like an interview with him in the hospital. Can you describe for us what your attacker looked like? He was uh of medium to short height, uh, kind of uh, pouchy. Uh, had this black hood on, came clear down to here. Just little slits in the eyes. Medium to short height, 
pouchy with a black hood on and with little slits in his eyes. And I just went, pouchy? Brian is savage. And Cecilia's like, yeah, you know, round face. So that's like a trend that we're hearing about this guy, right? But we have some more evidence this time. We have footprints. And the footprints are from what are called wing walkers. They're a military style boot and they're only sold on military bases. Yeah, there's only 150,000 pairs ever made. And you had to literally be in the Navy or the Air Force to even be able to buy them. And the footprints lead to Brian's car. And on the side, the Zodiac had scrolled his symbol, which was the circle with the crosshairs in it. He puts the time of the murder. He puts all of his previous attacks. And he ended that by saying, by knife, Lake Berryessa. So we knew that this all tied together with one individual. This all just about getting credit. Like, right. he left. He had to know they were still alive, but I guess he had to assume that they were going to die. So in order for him to get credit for this, he had to actually write his own information on the side of the car so they would know it was a Zodiac murder. Because and if he hadn't done that and they had both died, nobody ever would have connected this. Would have any idea. Exactly. Because yeah. it's a different time of day. They're a little older than teenagers. Right. But just to be extra sure, he calls the cops again. The subject stated... Uh, I want to report a murder. No, a double murder. I did it. And with that, the officer could feel that there was nobody on the line. Like, again, the phone call is like five blocks away from the police. This is like he's taunting them. He loves the risk. This is like all like real fun for him. And the cops, one of the cops is like, we have reason to believe he's a maniac. And I'm like, yeah, no shit. You know, and again, he hates women. And like the, the attacks on the women are always way worse than the men. The man lives again and Cecilia dies three days later. And this is where we get Casey Jordan truly talking to us like we're a room full of kindergartners at snack time. <laughs> it really begs the question, what is he planning to do next? What is he planning to do next? <laughs> and I'm like, Casey, I don't like your tone right now. I don't no. like tone policing. <laughs> and I don't like tone policing women. But I, yeah. we're grownups. We're talking about the Zodiac. I'm not. I, I This isn't snack time. I know. And it's like the thing, the, the people in all of these documentaries all went to the Diane Diamond school of being the person who goes into the ad and out of the ad. You know like, what I mean? Not everything is a big cliffhanger or a reveal. Sometimes, sometimes you could just ask a question and be like, so he's ramping up like I want like people were terrified what's he gonna do next that's a way to say right, it. Totally. <laughs> so now two weeks after Lake Berryessa it's October 11th 1969 and Paul Stein is a cab driver he's a super hardworking guy he's an insurance salesman who's moonlighting as a cab driver to put himself through college I mean it's so fucking crazy and we learn like we we know now that most of what we know about this ride we know from the taxi log that he kept yes so Paul picks up the Zodiac at the Pine Street magazine shop on Geary Street. Have you ever Googled that place? Is it still there? Or like, is there like a Starbucks in that space now that we can go to? When my uncle lived in San Francisco, he lived on Geary Street. So when I heard this today, I was like, oh shit, Geary. Oh my God. So Paul Stein picks the Zodiac up. He tells Paul to take him to the intersection of Washington and Maple Street. And that's in the log. Like in the log, it's written that Paul Stein was like, all right, heading to Washington and Maple. Yeah, which is in the Presidio Heights neighborhood. Apparently that's like a fancy neighborhood in San Francisco. But he's actually dropped off a block further. I want you to go to Washington and Cherry. He wants to get to an isolated spot. When he pulled over at the side of the road and put the car in park, Zodiac apparently pulled out a gun and held it to the back of his head toward his ear and fired a bullet, which killed him instantly. 
The only witnesses are three kids across the street watching this from a window. Remember, it's nighttime. Yeah. So these are not good witnesses. They're kids. It's the middle of the night. They're seeing something scary. So they, they see this man murder this taxi driver, and now they're seeing that same guy, like, tearing his, the, the taxi driver's clothing off and then wiping down the fucking taxi cab. Like, as though to, like, wipe away fingerprints and shit. Like, how fucking terrifying is that? Yeah. And then he turns the corner, walks up Cherry Street, and disappears. So here's something. You guys, this is... <laughs> Unbelievable. I will never not be enraged about this for about a thousand reasons. <laughs> we wouldn't be here right. talking about Zodiac all these decades later if this didn't happen. Okay, everyone shut up and pull over. <laughs> I've had it. I've had it. <laughs> you made her mad, you guys. You made her mad. When the police put out a description. Because those kids called 911 and gave the information. Right. So when the description goes out, it's a black guy. It was not a fucking black guy, okay? It was not. Right. So everyone thinks they're looking for a black man because of course, right? Two police officers were responding to the scene were driving down Jackson Street, one block north of Washington. Zodiac is stopped by a police car. Stocky man, round face. The officers ask him if he has seen anyone suspicious. But Zodiac says, oh yeah, I saw a man running with a gun. He went that way. And they thank him and off they go. You know what? I saw a guy with a gun. He went that away. And they're like, oh, thank you so much, good sir. And off they go. That was the Zodiac. And they didn't stop him because they thought they were looking for a black guy. I mean, can you just just imagine that? I can't. I won't do it. I can and I won't. Absolutely not. And that's kind of like where, like, that's the cliffhanger that episode one ends on. Well, it's because Donnie Wahlberg's back, of course. They have him do this very long walk and talk in this horrible set of this dilapidated house. And I'm like, is he going to stop? Is he just walking this entire time? But he eventually stops. And it ends with Donnie just telling us, you know, look. With this chance to catch the killer having slipped through their hands, investigators hope he'll make another mistake. But Zodiac is about to make a move that changes everything. The hunt for the Zodiac killer has only just begun. Next on Very Scary People. The hunt has just begun, <laughs> Donnie. Donnie. Oh my God, you guys, we did, what is this thing called? This is called Very Scary People with Donnie Wahlberg. <laughs> I am the Zodiac, part one. Donnie's vaccinated, right? Like, he, Jenny I, didn't stop him from getting vaccinated. Let's go with yes. Let's go with yes, he's vaccinated. I know you need it. I know you I need, need it. I know. <laughs> so we're covering this in two parts, obviously, because it's two episodes. Right now, you can get episode two ad-free at the $5 level on the Patreon. You do not need to wait till next week. Next week, part two will be our regular episode on the regular feed, but you can get it right now ad-free on the Pates, which is where you can also find over 250 other ad-free bonus episodes. Like what, Jillian Pensavale? Oh my God, like The Vow and Heaven's Gate and Night Stalker and Making a Murderer and The Jinx. I swear we do other HBO shows. I think I just I listed all HBO. Uh, Natalie Holloway, Madeline McCann, Tiger King. Martha Moxley? Martha Moxley, Don't F with Cats. I mean, I mean, we've done it all. And we're doing, and uh, John Wayne Gacy, we're doing Sophie from West yeah. Cork. We're doing, oh my God, everything. You can also get ad-free versions of these episodes. You get after parties, you get the whole thing. Oh, Remember when we did bonus Unsolved Mysteries episodes? Those are all there for you, too. Oh, my God. You guys, we did all of the 12 episodes of Unsolved Mysteries from Netflix that they did last year. Yeah, we did it as, like, on Thursdays. You just got a bonus episode. Maybe we'll do that again. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe We'll We'll see what happens for the rest of this year. My, my. You guys also join the Facebook group, the True Crime Obsessed Podcast discussion group. Come find your true crime best friends. Join us on the Instagram, True Crime Obsessed Podcast. Yeah, we are everywhere. Like, we we have a lot of links. We have a lot of links. We're around. We are very available. 
real to you. <laughs> um, and that's it, you guys. There's no coming up on because what's coming up next is part two of this. Yeah, and Donnie gives us like a big previously on. We get a big that's previously true. on. So we get a lot of Donnie <laughs> yes, coming up. It's true. All right, we love you guys. We love you. Bye. Bye. And Jillian's just sipping it again. She's not really drinking it. Daisy, can you be cool for five? <laughs> You're ratting me out to the ghosts. Like, just she doesn't be cool. like it. You can tell. Look at the look on her face. She killed All my right, dad. All right, guess what, Daisy? You don't get any then. You don't even get a sip on the slide. Goodbye. You, you ruined killed it. My, you killed my dad, though. That joke didn't land at all. Just, sorry. Sorry, I, I was reading it. <laughs> all right. I go from almost killing you from laughter to you just in to one year. To just, just killing me with boredom. God damn no, it. No eye contact, just nothing. Just <laughs> snooze fest. Wait, there was another. She She's related to Melissa McCarthy? She's Melissa McCarthy's cousin, and apparently, like, they're not close, is all that either one of them will ever say. Shocking. <laughs> Team Melissa, 1,000%. At the IHOP in my town, they wouldn't give it to you unless you ordered it full name. You couldn't like, oh, I'll get like the big thing. I'll get the Grand Slam or whatever. No, you have to say Rudy Tootie Fresh and Fruity. Can you say I'll have the Rudy Tootie? I don't remember. But they Would they give you just half of it? Just the Rudy and the Tootie and not the Fresh Fruity? Hold the Fresh and Fruity. They don't want it. They didn't ask for it. The city, it's not saying it. What a dummy. It's not saying the full name.